back to Horror Court Trash Over the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we're back after... Well, I say we're back after a bit of a break, but it's not a break for you guys. I was gonna... Break for us. <laughs> we, yeah, we, uh, we were at Fright Fest, so we, we took a break out, but we recorded in advance, so we didn't interrupt your wonderful listening schedule. Yes. But Silver Screams has come to an end. And then, uh, do you want to say anything about Fright Fest, or is it all going to be discussed in our best and worst of the year? Um, we normally do a little thing. Probably, well, best and worst of the month. That and, well, I mean, it was August. We've done best and worst of August. I don't know. Um, well, we'll just do it in the next. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the, all to the end of the year episode. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of it will be discussed on there. Okay. We had a great time. That's all you need to know. It's It was it was better than last year. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, the films were of a better quality than last year, overall. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but <laughs> Summer Screams is over. Fright Fest is done. We're moving into the Halloween area of the year. Um, but before we get to that point, we have... This month where we could just discuss whatever the fuck we want, because there's no theme. And Chris has started us off yes, with... a classic. A god-tier trash to piece. Ninja Terminator from 1986. Yes. Um, one of the most incoherent films I have ever watched. Oh, make no mistake, this is a mess. I um, was confused. This is... One of the, this is genuine. I've never seen editing like this. I I don't know what the fuck the editor was on, but I d- must have been some good shit. I've absolutely no idea what we watched. Absolutely <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Released in nineteen eighty six, directed by Godfrey Ho, the director of the Ninja Squad, Catman in a Boxer's Blow, mm-hmm. Mister X, Angel the Kickboxer, Dynamite Girls, Little Kickboxer. Thunder Ninja Kids in the Golden Adventure, The Shaolin Drunk Monkey, The Leopard Fist Ninja, Twinkle Ninja Fantasy, Terminal Angels, Thunder Kids 2, Wonderful Mission, and a lot more. That doesn't even touch the surface. Like, this guy may have directed more films than Takashi Miike. Like, there's a lot in his filmography. And so much of it just looks like the same fucking film. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil the trivia but um if you're only filming half a film you can make <laughs> twice as many yeah um i don't know how much the budget was uh, how much it made i'm gonna assume not a lot not a lot uh but getting into the trivia godfrey ho frequently created movies by filming scenes that he then added to pre-existing films recutting it together and dubbing over the actors of his own dialogue in order to create a new story Similarly, Ninja Terminator reuses over 50% of its footage from a Korean film called The Uninvited Guest of the Star Ferry from 1984. Yeah, um, I would like to see that film. Yeah. Now, I would, I would very much like to see what the original intention was. Because I would bet you a lot of money that it had absolutely nothing to do with... Um, White man ninjas, <laughs> or a ninja terminator. A ninja terminator. Well, well, we know he's. We only know he's a ninja terminator because he says it once really quickly. Once. <laughs> Why this is called ninja terminator? I'm assuming it's because it came out two years after Terminator. 
and just stick the word ninja in front of it and people will watch it. <laughs> IFD owned the international sales rights for this film uh, and decided to insert Caucasian actors into the film in the hopes that it would then do better overseas. Ho did this and added ninjas to the storyline as he usually did for his films. The new footage introduces a storyline about ninjas hunting for pieces of a magical statue. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and the thing, it sounds, it sounds really stupid. And do you know what? It is really stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> because the film is so fucking incoherent. Yeah, it doesn't match up. No. It just does not match up. Um, it's gained a cult following over the years. Oh, I can um, see. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, obviously, I'd heard of this through YouTube videos. Um, I believe it wasn't... I, I think it was, like, within the first year we got together, actually, but we watched that compilation video of Bad Acting on YouTube. Oh, yeah. This was definitely on there, the whole Ninja Star scene. Um, oh, or, or the guy who couldn't move his fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to that. Um, yeah, uh, Jim Varel of Paste included it in uh, Paste Magazine's list of the 100 best martial arts movies of all time at number 100, <laughs> calling the film hilarious despite its incoherence and ineptitude. Total Films similarly included it in a list of eight awesomely stupid movie fight scenes, praising the film for its nonsensical fight scenes. Um, there's one... Clearly, best fight scene. Yeah, and that is from the Korean film. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't you know can't if it praise sh- this film's choreography because well, it doesn't really belong to not Godfrey really. <laughs> I I'm, I can't one hundred percent figure out what would have been filmed new. All the cartwheels. So all the where they're dressed as ninjas. Yeah. So any anything with the white characters. Yeah. Okay. It was, okay. all, it was all new. Yeah. Um, the, okay, we'll get, we'll get to one point that I noticed. The premise is three martial arts students search for the Golden Ninja Warrior, a statue re- reputed to have magical powers. That's not true. Now, it, it is, but that is the very basic premise at the heart of this film. This film goes on more fucking tangents than us when we start talking about Jane McDonald. Like, seriously. I have never seen so many tangents in one film. And so many of them aren't even in the right fucking place. No. But also, (laughs) that's not the premise. Because each of the three of them have a part of that Golden Ninja Warrior statue. Oh, shit, yeah. They each own a part of it. And they no, said, no, 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 because... Reputed the... to have magical powers. Okay. They saw it had magical yeah, powers. Yeah, they know it's got magical powers. And also, it's, partially, it's also partially not true, because one of them has the statue and dies very early on. The rest of the film is them trying to find no, the, the other parts of the statue. Yeah, so the, but the statue is made up of three parts. The body, the right arm, yeah. and the left arm. But they have parts of it, yeah. What so the they, they each have parts of it. That is a lie, that is a lie. That is a lie, it's not even true. So we start with the IFD Films and Arts Limited uh, logo. This consists of a sleigh queen holding a light in the air in the style of Luke Skywalker on the Star Wars A New Hope poster. That's not the only bit of Star Wars we get in this, is it? 
No. For I... the second time this year in a podcast film, we have a few seconds of the fucking Star Wars score. <laughs> They've stolen it. A, a, just like Crawl Jaws, they have stolen a part of the Star Wars theme song. What I was getting from the woman, though, was the... Do you not think it was Columbia Pictures? Yeah, it was uh, It was definitely Columbia Pictures as I got well. it, Columbia Pictures in a halter top and a Star Wars theme. <laughs> <laughs> so it quickly transforms from Star Wars into this upbeat disco theme song with opening credits over random pictures of weapons. <laughs> I uh, I thought it sounded like game show music. It was a bit game showish, yeah. Like the the price is right or <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, uh just random ninja paraphernalia yeah. and weapons and such. Uh, and then we cut to a group of ninjas opening an internally lit box. Yes. With a bust inside, or, or the Golden Warrior statue, as we'll come to know it. Yeah, so they, they are a, a villainous ninja empire, and they're celebrating their 20th anniversary Ooh, of rulership. Lovely. So they're all having a, a girls get-together. Um, the leader, Supreme Ninja, celebrates this by having his three greatest warriors, Ninja Masters Tamashi, Baron, and Harry. <laughs> Harry McQueen. The whitest Harry, guy there. Harry McQueen. He's even whiter than Baron. Oh, Baron. Baron is also white. Yeah. Um, Harry Which McQueen... Which is so insult. I mean, you are my three best ninja warriors, and two of you are white. Yeah, and spoiler fun. alert, one of them doesn't make it past the next ten minutes, and guess which one it is? Not, it's not the white not guy. Not the white guy. <laughs> guys. It's not the white guys. Um, Harry McQueen, played by cult movie... Icon or... Okay, we're back to this again. Court movie icon or court movie regular, Richard Harrison? Um, court movie regular because you cannot be an icon if you don't move your fucking <laughs> face. Uh, Charles Bronson. Charles, Charles Bronson moved his face more. Come on. Charles Bronson emoted a thousand times more... <laughs> Then this fucker... Maybe in his earlier days, but in 10 to midnight, he didn't move his face once. Now, <laughs> this is um, off the record, so don't sue me, anyone. But didn't Charles Bronson have some work done? Yeah. Yeah. So Charles, Charles Bronson had some work done. So that we can explain why he couldn't emote as well as he probably should have. Richard Harrison, I don't believe, had any work done. <laughs> so there was absolutely no reason for him to not be able to give the slightest bit of emotion in his performance. I mean, it's dead. His face is fucking dead. For the whole film, every fucking random shit that happens to him, all this weird stuff, and his face don't fucking move. He always looks so bored as well. He looks... Bored. He, he has had enough. He, he is the poor man's Charles Bronson. Can we agree on that? Yes, of course, yeah. He's got a top-tier moustache. Um, I'll give him that. Um, it's a uh, it's very horror-culture over on brand. I mean, the whole fucking film is. Yeah. They, uh, they bring the Supreme Ninja, um, the three pieces of a gold bust known as the Golden Ninja Warrior. Uh, the Supreme Ninja... Finds this fucking hilarious. He can't stop laughing. 
Yeah, so who's the Supreme Ninja? <laughs> He, uh, they, they, is he the guy at the end of the film? He's the guy at the end of the film. He oh. is Yamato. Who? Yamato. Yamato. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's having the best time. He finds the statue so fucking funny. I don't know why. Um, but he keeps laughing. They they unite the three pieces, the two separated arms, each holding a small sword and a head and torso. Uh, and it makes the, uh... <laughs> It makes the owner impervious to harm from blades and also allows the Supreme Ninja to move his arms very fast. He's still laughing at this point. Um, yeah, I was kind of confused because he didn't actually have the statue on him. No. I was. I just thought, so why did the statue decide that he was the one who was going to be impervious to uh, sword attacks? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's very specific. It's not like, I'll protect you from... Sword attacks. Sword if someone's attacks. got a gun, you're fucked. Very specifically sword attacks. <laughs> um, believe in the Empire. It is, because... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's literally just sword yeah, attacks. Yeah, it is. That's what it's... Yeah. Uh, believe in the Empire is in need of reform and that the Supreme Ninja is too dangerous to possess such power. The three ninja masters steal and separate the pieces of the golden ninja warrior. Like, who the fuck said it was up to them to make that decision? Like... He doesn't really seem that dangerous. He just keeps laughing. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> but the film doesn't explain this. Like, I had to get this from Wikipedia. It, they just randomly no. just run out of the temple. Yeah. Where they are, and it's just... There's nothing to indicate who's actually the good guy or the bad guy. No. There's, there's nothing to indicate that. It's really weird. The Ninja Empire seeks out these rogue well, ninjas. do you know what? Actually, sorry, excuse me. Do you know what is there to indicate who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? Yeah. Race. Oh, that's true. Why, why are the it's white true. guys are the good guys? No, no, you've got Jaguar. Jag- the whole other plot In from... fairness, Jaguar is probably the good guy. Jaguar, the, the coolest guy around. He is, actually. Um, <laughs> The, the Ninja Empire seeks out the rogue ninjas in order to retrieve the missing pieces of the shrine. And a fight ensues, which includes ninja cartwheels, sword fighting, and star throwing. Yeah, so we get a montage of red and black clad ninjas running up and down stairs quickly and repeatedly. <laughs> uh, the ninjas in black start killing the ones in red as ear-bleedingly bad synth music plays. <laughs> And the Red Ninja's cartwheel repeatedly. There's no composer listed for this film. I swear most of the scores ripped from other films. There was a bit that sounded a bit tenebrae. Fucking hell. That's an insult. <laughs> Are you serious? Tenebrae, one of the best horror soundtracks ever. I swear, they stole some tenebrae. This sounds awful. This sounds like music used to torture dogs. It, I don't think it belonged to them. I definitely don't think it belonged to them. Fucking hell. Um, and they just hope that no one ever watched the film and find out. Yeah. <laughs> Two years after. Yeah, so two, when we just get randomly, two years later, Hong Kong. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, it's two years after the theft of the statue. Uh, the warrior Karada kills the rogue ninja Tamashi, retrieving the body of the golden ninja warrior for the Empire and bringing it to his trusted warrior, Yamato. The scene Okay, finishes. I didn't get that from that scene. I did not get that. That's what's supposed to be happening. And the scene finishes so fast. And cuts to the next scene so quickly that if it wasn't for reading Wikipedia, I'd have I'd have had no idea what happened. No, so I got a nin- a ninja in black who we now know to be Tamashi, 
He's looking at the burst in an outdoor setting. For some reason, I don't know why he's keeping it outdoors. <laughs> this has been two years since he stole it. Why is he keeping this outdoors and not locked away? Like, what, in this two years, what has happened? Have they not met up in two years? What was their decision for each to have a piece of this statue? It's been, seriously, it's been two years. It's taken two years to find them as well. Two like, years to these find top them. ninjas from this big ninja empire. And he's, he's dressed exactly the same as when he, he fucking left. Um, yeah, so he kills him with a shuriken to the back. Yeah. And that's it. And then Case it, closed. It, it cuts to Tamashi's siblings it, <laughs> at his graveside. And in a bizarre series of events, we get the longest fucking monologue in oh, cinematic God. history. I gave so up. So it starts with um, Mashiko, who is uh, Tamashi's sister. And oh yeah, and also by the way, yeah, Tamashi was the only non-white guy uh, yes. out of the clan, so yeah. he's gone. Um, so it's down to the white guys to save the day. Um, and she says, I don't know what we're going to do without Tamashi. It, it just doesn't seem fair. Why did God do this to us? And then, strap yourself in. Because Ikaza, Tamashi's brother, says, Hey, Michiko, my sister, don't worry. We'll always remember Tamashi as the wonderful person and brother that he was to us. May God rest his soul. But Machiko, I'm bothered. Bothered by his death. It seems so strange. The whole thing is damn suspicious. At this point, I had to take a break from typing. I just put, he's concerned that Tamashi may have been involved with drug smuggling and maybe triad uh, activity. But it continues. I mean, why would anyone want to get rid of Tamashi and then get evidence to show that he was murdered? It just doesn't make any sense at all, does it? The police say that he was found with bits of metal in his back. That must mean that somebody wanted him dead. It's so strange. Come, Machiko. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you, but I have to find out what happened for Tamashi's sake and for the sake of our family. You understand. He then looks dramatically to the distance before giving the cameraman the side eye. To see if he'd stop filming or not. <laughs> okay, let's pick some bits out of this. <laughs> okay, so first of all, let's go with the obvious. He was found with metal bits in his bag. <laughs> it's called a shuriken. He was dressed as a ninja. <laughs> Maybe he was involved in some ninja activity. <laughs> Must mean somebody wanted him dead. What? The fact that someone murdered him? Yeah, that, that probably means someone wanted him dead. But, I mean, and I'm sure it goes without saying, anyone who's familiar with old uh, ninja films, the dubbing is horrendous. Like, yeah. it is nowhere near. It's not. Nowhere near what's been said. Um, <laughs> and the accents are so, like, over overdone. Well, and, it's it's... English, isn't it? Yeah. But it, it's like Cockney in places. Yeah. It's, um, well, it's just very typical of the, this sort of dubbing. But they're putting so much effort in. The voice cast deserve Oscars, honestly. Um, you don't get Oscars for effort. I mean, if they did, then this film would be a fucking, would win everything. Um, yeah, apart so, from Richard Harrison, he ain't put no Richard fucking Harrison. effort in. Um, yeah, so Machiko, she's just standing there, 
And he's like, do you understand? Oh, I'm so sorry, Machiko. Oh, you understand this, though. He's like, asking all these questions. But he doesn't give a fucking chance to speak. No. He just constantly goes on and on and on and on. He doesn't shut up. <laughs> and, and, I mean, essentially, it goes nowhere. Because the next thing he's in, he dies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, he's saying it makes Oh, my no God, sense. shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then there's a little look that he gives the cameraman to see if he stopped filming. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so after he finally shuts up, after what feels like half an hour, we cut to an absolute slay king in a Casey Becker wig. It's Tiger. Yeah, Tiger Chan. Um, white pantsuit, Casey Becker wig from Scream. Yeah. Um, well, Debbie Salt, it, white pantsuit. Yeah, is it a bit Barbara Crampton as well, the wig? A bit Barbara Crampton. It's a little bit... Sybil Danning, modern day. Sybil Danning. It's a little bit... Um, oh, what's that film? Ellen Green in um, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, yeah, he's... He could easily go... Day, very Doris He could just day. go straight on Drag Race. Yeah. He doesn't even need to change his outfit or his wig. No, He'd he's win. absolutely serving um, in the wig. Ninja Master Baron uh, is now a crime lord. Apparently, uh, Tiger it Chan... took me a long time to realise what was going on with this part of the story. Yeah, Tiger Chan is uh, is Baron's lieutenant, and uh, which doesn't make sense to the rest of the story. No. Um, <laughs> Tiger's very much a villain, spoiler alert, um... And uh, the, they're having a discussion about whether Tamashi entrusted the statue's body to Ikaza or Mishiko. Um, Just so you know, this is very much one of those tacked in scenes. So they yeah. don't actually share a, the screen together. No. It cuts from Tiger, then to Baron, then to Tiger. Uh, Baron is, I'm assuming, because uh, he's very darkly lit. I'm assuming he's just in some random room somewhere. I and think so. Held him but, with the lights off. I mean, technically, uh, so it's either Tiger was a good guy or Baron was a villain because after this, Tiger's agents, after speaking with Baron, ambush Ikaza and Mashiko. Um, <laughs> Ikaza does a dramatic flip, of course, to get the attention. And they have a little fight and they kill Ikaza. So he can't do another monologue. No. No. So what's going on? Is is was Tiger the good guy to start with? Was Baron the bad guy? What the fuck were they going for? So I think the idea is that Tiger is Baron's henchman. Yeah, but then Baron's a good guy. Baron is it? Yeah, <laughs> at the end. So this is where I got really confused, and I think I made a little bit of sense of it. Just hear me out. <laughs> wow. So Tiger was Baron's. Second-hand guy. Mm-hmm. Well, no. And um, then you had Victor. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Who was yeah, Tiger's yeah. second-hand guy. So, Baron thought that uh, Tamachi's brother and sister still had the part of the statue that Tamachi had. Mm-hmm. But they didn't because um, the Supreme Ninja guy... Yeah. Stole it back. So, Baron's and Tiger and Victor are the bad guys. They're also drug, you know, smugglers and and Mm -hmm. such. They killed Tamashi's brother. But what I don't get is why did they leave the sister alone? Yeah. 
<laughs> like they just kill like they, so after this scene we have Michiko and her uh, brother I never got his name actually uh, they're outside their car in the middle of nowhere apparently meeting someone who I don't fucking know it's never said <laughs> when one guy shoots at them but misses and then the other henchmen with tights over their heads for some apparent reason <laughs> attack the brother who fends them off ever so slightly until he's stabbed in the stomach and thrown on top of the car. But nothing happens to no. <laughs> Machika. No, they just leave her there. <laughs> they just apparently... But it doesn't... But nothing... As far as I know, she's not actually seen, apart from when she gets out of the car. The whole when the fight ensues, she's nowhere in the scene. Yeah, the whole purpose was for them to go there and try and find the statue. They don't even look for it. They just kill him and leave. So, I think... Now, I, th- I think this might be a little fun game for us. I, I any- can't believe you have theories for this film. For anyone uh, listening as well who's uh, seen the film, let's try and figure out what the plot of the original Korean film is. Uh, okay. I'm assuming this is the point where Michiko is kidnapped. Yeah. Spoiler alert, she's kidnapped in this film much later on. <laughs> two separate occasions. On two separate occasions. And she doesn't escape in between either. No, she doesn't. <laughs> so I'm assuming this is the point where she's kidnapped. Yeah. So the plot, I think, of the original involves her yeah, more. I think so. Rather than a golden statue. Yeah. Yeah, that could make sense, actually. Does not help with this film, though, at all. Absolutely not. Um, The next scene... <laughs> Harry randomly chops up a watermelon. Yeah, so this confused me as well. Um, because the two white guys in their ninja gear look very similar. So <laughs> Because you can't see the moustache, you can only see the eyes. So all you get is the eyes. Both of them are, are dead behind the eyes, so again, it's really <laughs> difficult. Um, and then also, they've both got really thick eyeliner on as well. Yeah. <laughs> Like, really fucking thick eyeliner. <laughs> like, top and bottom. Top and bottom yeah, lashes and as well. I mean, they must not sweat whilst they're doing the fighting, because, no. you know, it stays intact it for does. the whole film. Then they're not like Erica Jane. Um, Harry randomly chops up a watermelon and does some fancy fire tricks whilst breakdancing That's in barren. the dark. That was Baron. That's Baron. Baron does the fire tricks, like he's at Burning Man. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a little montage for you. Um, um, again, more ear bleeding synth music plays. Harry's polishing his sword at the dinner Excuse table. Excuse me, at the dinner table, it's disgraceful. When a bizarre conversation starts between him and his wife. He says, What are we eating tonight, darling? And she says, It's your favourite dish. And he says, Steamed crabs. <laughs> she says, no, this time I'm preparing a really special dish. Something called drunken crab. And I know you're gonna love it. And he says, what is that? And she says, hang on in there, you'll find out. <laughs> Steamed crabs for dinner. Um, yeah. That, do you remember the Simpsons episode with steamed hams? <laughs> no. Do you not? No. Oh my god. Legendary. Do you think it may have been taken from Ninja Turtle? I I think it did. Yeah, I think steamed Um, steamed hams. I mean, 
the fuck is steamed crabs anyway? Well, what is most important? What is drunken crab? I'm assuming it's just steamed crab, but steamed in booze. Well, that might. Surely this next scene wasn't actually on purpose then. For comedic effect, because I, I don't want to think it is, because it's too perfect. It's too perfectly bad to be purposely funny. Um, so Harry's wife is cooking, and uh, the crabs escape. <laughs> and she says, oh no, the crabs have escaped. Well, and she starts screaming. She starts screaming so frantically. She starts, like, screaming and having a terrible time, and he's, I'm assuming, supposed to look shocked. Or um, ready to well, fight. Well, he cracks a smile. Thinking... It's the only time in the film he cracks a smile. <laughs> but that's when he realises that the crabs have escaped. He cracks a, a, a smidge of a smile. Um, but the crabs escape it. And this is the weird part. I've got quite a few questions about this scene. <laughs> um, is essentially just... Obviously someone off camera dropping these crabs. <laughs> obviously not from a height. Just from a very small height. And she's screaming like... Oh, have escaped so i've got a few issues with this <clears throat> excuse me number one where are these crabs escaped from where did she keep them they must have been on the counter they jumped out of a fucking jump pan well, they, yeah uh number two why is she so scared when she's clearly been handling live crabs why are they alive why are they alive also why did she buy half a dozen live crabs anyway? <laughs> There's so many of them. <laughs> two of them. There's so many of them. Um, so many of these crabs. I don't know. And what? What? You reminded me of a film. Was it Annie? I think it was Annie Hall, but it was with lobsters in Annie Hall, which makes more sense because you you cook lobsters live. You don't cook crabs alive. I mean, I can't say this reminded me of anything I've ever seen in my life. I, no, no, it's absolutely ridiculous. I. Yeah, and and then they but he's sp- filmed this. Jeff Jeffrey Ho. Yeah, has decided Godfrey. Godfrey. Excuse me, Godfrey Ho has decided that this is what the film needed. <laughs> but it's one of the many tangents. Like this didn't need to fucking happen. Like, I mean, I'm glad it did, but it's so unnecessary. And yeah, it's when they escape. Harry has a little bit of a smile and throws a knife into one of them. He does. But just one of them. And just the one. The rest of them are just running just wild, just like running doing whatever they want. Just doing whatever they and she's still screaming. <laughs> she is. And then it cuts to another scene. Like, I want another film. I want a whole sequel dedicated to these crabs escaping. These crabs. I mean... It probably is. He probably did. <laughs> but he inserted, uh, inserted him into uh, clips from... Another fucking film. <laughs> What's a film about crap? Probably like a fucking Godzilla film and just pretended. Well, we recently watched a film about crap, so we probably. You would have had to have gone in the time machine and uh, yeah. start from oh, there. Oh, there's got to be other films about crabs. I just. I just. I, I can't get my head around this scene. It is bizarre, but it's so insane. It will be on our social media, um, so you could all witness it for yourselves. Um, so, next scene. A, guy, a cool guy called Jaguar is walking down the street and two guys uh, approach and one of them's called Alfred and he's like, hey Alfred, any news? And Alfred says, hi Jaguar, yeah, 
Listen, I just heard Tamashi's brother Akaza was killed this morning. And Chakura says, yeah, well that's too bad. Thanks anyway. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking hell. Fuck Akaza's drag. What? what I don't understand is that he's walking down the road and they kind of act like they've accidentally bumped into <laughs> each other. And he's like, what's the news, Alfred? Uh, the other guy is not named, doesn't do anything. No. <laughs> just another guy. Alfred's boyfriend, and, and let's, uh, let's just assume. Um, but yeah, but they act as if like they've accidentally yeah. bumped into each other, which I'm assuming in the original film is them accidentally bumping into each other. <laughs> But, yeah, Jaguar cannot give a shit about Tamashi's brother dying. No. I mean, with how much he spoke, who could blame him? And absolutely no mention of Machiko either. No. Well, apparently, Jaguar Wong is a glib warrior. Okay. Uh, he... What's a glib warrior? I have no idea, but that's what he is in the descript- his character description. Oh. Um, he calls his employer to let him know the news... His employer is none other than the crab killer himself, Harry, who takes the call, and I shit you not, it is already on our social media, he takes the call on his fucking Garfield phone. In this serious action-adventure film that Godfrey Ho wanted people to take seriously, he has Richard fucking Harrison taking a call, <laughs> taking multiple phone calls on a fucking Garfield phone. But it's... The, the funny part is, like, it's a big reveal. Yeah. So they, they, he calls and uh, he explains about Ikazi's death. And uh, Harry goes, that's too bad. What about his sister? Finally, someone's... <laughs> Like, she's okay. And I'm like, why is she okay? I was, I was sat there and I was like, why is she okay? How is she okay? How they've killed her... It's, it, they've killed her brother. And they're like, yeah, she's okay. Yeah, but Jaguar, like, switches really quick as like, she's okay. But those bastards! They're just animals! You can't tell what they're going to do next. And he yeah. takes, like, a five-minute pause before between his words. Um, but, yeah, the uh, Harry basically tells him to protect Mashiko from Tiger Chan. Um, and yeah, it is a big reveal when he puts the phone down. It's like this fucking yeah. Garfield phone. And the eyes close. When he puts the phone down, the <laughs> eyes close. As if Garfield's gone back to sleep. It is fucking ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I want to know where he got it from. Because I would like to own it myself. Yeah. Um, I think they were quite popular, actually. But can you picture Richard Harrison in his ninja get-up going out and just like, oh, going down to Skegness Market. Oh, uh, oh, this Garfield phone's funny, isn't it? That's proper funny. I'll have it in my house. Everyone will love that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would be a real talking point. Yeah. When we have have the family over for drunken crabs, that would be a real talking point, that Garfield phone. (laughs) I bet, like, when uh, when he brought it, he was like, ha, ha, ha. Like, no expression on his face, but I bet he was laughing his head off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... so in, a, in another bizarre series of events, <laughs> Jaguar decides to go to Michiko's restaurant to make sure she's okay. So, Jaguar asks some guys, they're just <laughs> throwing baseballs to each other, he asks them about Michiko's restaurant. One of them says, hey, buddy... You're looking in the wrong place. There's no restaurant around here. To which they then start fighting. 
Which is really weird because there's no insinuation that these have anything to do with the storyline. No. They're just guys who just like fight, so many fight him for no reason. There's so many scenes of Jaguar just fighting random fucking guys. So what you get is a pretty decent fight scene involving... It kicks the ball out of one of their hands and kicks yeah, it to all of their faces. Which is cool. Um, it also involves nose grabbing <laughs> and baseball mitts being worn. Yeah, um, uh, he takes him down pretty easily. Though. He does, as he seems to everyone, apart, yeah. um, apart from one later. Um, and he goes, okay, smartass, where's the restaurant? <laughs> so they point him to the restaurant, and he goes in there, and he sits down, and the waiter comes <laughs> over, and the waiter's like, you know, what would you like? And he's really so unnecessarily <laughs> cryptic. Well, the, the waiter says, can I get you something? He's like, yeah, but it's not on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> it's not on the menu. And he's like, I'm sorry, sir. Would you like to check again? He's like, is Machiko on the menu? <laughs> Don't fucking go into her bar so and ask if she's on the fucking menu, you weirdo. It's just completely unnecessarily cryptic about the whole thing. Like, in any other restaurant, they'd be like, okay, I'm calling the police. Why the yeah. fuck are you asking if she's on the menu? She's on the menu. Fucking perv. Um, Turns out she is on the menu because she's like, over here, I'm Machiko. Well, she does this whilst not moving from her seat or even looking at him. No, she... <laughs> yeah, or even moving her mouth. No. Um, but she sounds quite sort of peppy considering her uh, brothers... <laughs> both of her brothers have just been killed. Um... <laughs> She, this, now this is the weird part, okay? So I thought that she was pretending she didn't know anything about the Golden Ninja Warrior. But she doesn't know anything no, about the Golden Ninja Warrior. she doesn't have a Ninja. fucking clue. She doesn't have, she doesn't have a clue. So I don't know why her brother was killed. No. Without them explaining what they wanted from them. Or <laughs> asking her about the god. She's acting as if it's the first time she's ever heard <laughs> about it. So what happened when her brother was killed? Did they not ask? Did they just kill him and just be like, oh, 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 shit. Oh, shit. We were meant to ask him about that fucking statue. Oh, sorry, guys. I, he attempts to, I mean, Jackie would just attempt to explain it to her. Um, but she doesn't know what he's on about. And she thinks that he's threatening her. And it's understandable. I mean, he does use the words, I'm warning you, whilst trying to speak to her. It's like, okay, calm the foot down. You just asked if she's on the menu. Now you're telling her you're warning her and, like, telling her about this golden statue that's going to get people killed and whatever. Um, and then he just leaves. Yeah, yeah. And then gets into <laughs> a fight with two random guys in a car park. Yeah. This is so confusing because it's... So who... Like, they assume... So both Baron and Harry have both assumed that they've that Michiko and her brother have inherited the statue. Yeah. Um, but there's been absolutely nothing to indicate that no. at all. Uh, and don't they think that if somebody had killed... Oh, no. Okay, no. That's all right. It's okay. I mean, this is completely out I'm of place I'm making it anyway. even more confusing. It's completely out of place anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, he gets into a fight with two random guys that appear to be... The Supreme Ninja's goons, um, and he gives them a message to stay away from Machiko. See, also, yeah, so this is where I got really confused. Because the Supreme Ninja and Baron were two different people, but you barely saw the Supreme Ninja, really, throughout the film. 
No, it's just in the opening scene. Yeah, so the Supreme... So these are from the Supreme Ninja, or are they from Baron? So they're from the Supreme Ninja. Okay. This is the point now where we've got to believe that Baron's a good guy that's had nothing to do with this at all. Are we? Yeah, I because... I was later yeah, on. because the Supreme Ninja starts sending shit to him. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he does, actually, yeah. The Supreme Ninja's warrior, Yamato, dons a red ninja uniform and attacks Harry, who disappears and suits up within a second. Uh, with eyeliner. With eyeliner. With eyeliner. I mean, not only gets into his camouflage ninja gear, but also manages to uh, put his eyeliner on. It's not even an exaggeration, literally within a second. Um, and uh, he's attacked with one of Baron's throwing stars, and then Yamato attacks Baron with one of Harry's throwing stars. Harry and Baron suspect that each other have decided to unite the Golden uh, Ninja Warrior and attain its power for themselves. Um, implied. Meanwhile... <laughs> when was that? Well, when they found each other's stars. Well, I got Harry fence him off with a spinning sigh and reflected light from a mirror until the Red Ninja disappears in a cloud of smoke from his sword. Yeah, and then that's when he attacks Baron. But then we then we cut to Jaguar in a field fighting off three henchmen. Well, yeah, so meanwhile... And giving them exactly the same warning he gave the okay. other two. He's not even just giving them the same warning. They're the same fucking people, Chris. No, I don't think they no, are. No, they genuinely are the same just outfits and everything. Same outfits and hair. Like, genuinely, they are the same fucking people. Jaguar fights them, and they've got a third guy from that. It's like they've brought him along. Like, okay, look, look you have a go. We can't do it. Uh, but they're still trying to fight him. The third guy rips his suit and he's like, God damn you. And he fights him a bit more. absolutely fuming when his jacket gets ripped. And then he's like, you're an improvement on the last two jokes, but you're still not good enough. And then he just, yeah, gives him the same message and then steals his fucking ring. It's like, ring for a coat. Seems like a good deal. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Jaguar visits a pawn shop. But But then we cut to another red ninja, can't we? No, it's the same guy. The same guy, oh, whatever. Yeah, that's the Yamato guy. He's attacking Baron. But then, no, I'm co- see, I'm confused. You say Yamato guy, but we don't know that because at the beginning of the film, there were lots of red ninjas. Yeah, but this one specifically, Wikipedia tells us, is Yamato. Okay, see, I'm sorry. I didn't read up on Wikipedia. Before. Yeah, there's a good job I did because we have no fucking idea what's going on. But isn't, but who, who wrote the Wikipedia page? How how did they manage to, I don't to get know. anything from this film? But we're going to go with it. We're how did they manage to untangle all this fucking mess? Well, okay. Anyway, yeah. so he cartwheels, teleports, and sneaks up on Baron, who fends off, fends off his sword fire with what <laughs> I believe to be a sword fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Then, then we have Jaguar, who's trying to sell the ring to pay for a new jacket. Yeah, he, the jeweller at the, the pawn shop has uh, a really fancy moustache. Um, it's a bit sophisticated, isn't it, that one? It's, yeah, it's nice. Um, and he informs him that it's a fake ring from a Cracker Jacket cereal box. Mm-hmm. And Jaguar's like, oh, you can keep it, and just walks out. But whilst he's in there, Jaguar notices that his former lover, Lily, uh, was in the shop. So, decides to do what any normal ex does, uh, and he follows her in his car and nearly runs her off the road. Yeah, drives dangerously to get her attention. <laughs> she doesn't recognise him at first because she's too busy serving in a red... It's true. A, 
like a red um well it's not a pantsuit is it red but it's skirted suit oh i don't know what you'd call it but she's got like a hat with a veil yeah. on as well she's a, she's a lady in red she is and uh I feel like they did her dirty in this film. I feel like she would have been much more sophisticated and more important to the story in the original film. My assumption is that it's... Yeah, it's... Maybe even a femme fatale, you know. She would... Yeah. In in this one, she kind of comes across a bit slutty, actually, doesn't she? Yeah, I mean, you know, go on, girl. Get that dick. But yeah. um, I, I feel like she was something a lot more in the original version. I think so. Um, he charms his way back into her life and forces a kiss on her, which she gives into eventually. Um, and after spending the night together, for, for very long, a very badly lit sex scene, which, for a first on this podcast, and it might actually be the first I've ever seen this in a proper film, um, they... They start 69 in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... We never had a 69 on this podcast. No. No. Oh. I mean... What the fuck? Yeah. It's just so random, isn't it? They're consenting adults. It's just so random. It's so random. It is. Considering it's quite a mild sex scene. Yeah. Because it's quite mild, the whole 69... He's just kind of weird. <laughs> and like, yeah, he might as well just like started sucking on her toes or anything. It would have been less weird. So there you have it, folks. The first 69 on Horror Court Trash Over. You heard it. Yeah. You heard it here first? <laughs> well, you probably watched it first if you've seen Ninja Terminator. Yeah. Um, Lily then explains that they cannot see each other again because uh, she's not a fan of 69 and she's now romantically involved with Tiger's right-hand man, Victor Lee. Another fucking villain brought into the story. Yes. Meanwhile, Ninja Master Harry and Ninja Master Baron face off against each other for a samurai fight with plenty of cool slow-mo flips. Yeah, for no apparent reason. They both agree (laughs) that... Well, what is the point of this scene? This scene just jumps straight into it, then facing each other, and then (laughs) they start comparing stars, and Harry's like, right this is my ninja stars. This is yours. Harry's like, this is my ninja star. Who had my ninja star? And Harry concludes that Yamato is the true culprit. And he's like, he had our ninja stars. He had access to the throne stars they used when they all still worked for the ninja empire. And that somehow means he still has them, even though they haven't been there for two years. <laughs> oh... Oh, bitch, I did not get that from that scene. Yeah. Did you not realise when you kissing, this is my ninja star. This is your ninja star. This is my ninja star. Did you not hear that dialogue? I did, but I thought they both blamed each other for the other guy's death. And then they literally said, oh, but Yamato then... had my ninja star. <laughs> oh. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Ah. Yes, Harry suggests that... Did you get this from Wikipedia as well? I yeah. did not get that. But even if I didn't, I would have got that, though. Did you not get that at all? No, I just I just thought they both blamed each other and then didn't really come to a conclusion, like every other fucking scene in this well, film. They come to the conclusion that Yamato killed Tamashi. So now Baron's a good guy. Yeah, this is what I was telling you all along. Baron is a good guy. Then what does that make Tiger? <laughs> It's um, Tiger, isn't it? And then that's when they came to the conclusion that 
um, Yamato tried to trick Harry and Baron into killing each other by planting the stars. Um, Harry then suggests that he and Baron work together rather than against each other. Oh. Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar has. Oh, fucking hell. Jaguar has a fight with uh, another random bunch of guys, and one of them is the fucking jewelry shop owner <laughs> who is yeah. there to take revenge because everything he brought into his shop belonged to his brother. What the fuck does he mean, everything? He brought one ring. So was Tomashi's brother killed by Baron's henchmen? No, Yamato. Yeah, okay. So initially, in the film, he was killed by Baron's henchmen and Tiger's henchmen. But now they're saying, no, it's Yamato. They changed their mind. Oh. But that makes no... It makes no sense. Then why was he even killed then? That makes no sense. Because <laughs> they already had what they wanted. Fuck yeah, Chris, it makes no sense. <laughs> um... Yeah, Jagger has a fight with the uh, jewel. Yeah, um, and he he he's annoyed because everything he brought into his shop belongs to his brother. Okay, again, really unnecessary tangent, yeah. and also he says he brought everything into his shop. It was one ring. Yeah, was. that was fake by all accounts. Jaguar eventually defeats him, and the others just disappear. End of scene. Um, Yamato sends a tiny robot <laughs> to deliver a threat to Harry. The robot says, Traitor, listen, you have just three days to return the Golden Ninja Warrior to our master here and obey. Um, yeah. Okay, so, a few questions on this one. Number one, why is Richard Harrison's face not moving? <laughs> This is the most ridiculous thing. This tiny robot's just come crashing through your fucking door. <laughs> it's just start talking to you about being a traitor. And your fucking face ain't moving. It's fucking marble, bitch. <laughs> Secondly, if they knew where he lived all this time to send the fucking robot over... <laughs> Why has he got three motherfucking days? Why don't they just go and fucking get it themselves? <laughs> like they're the top ninjas. They're from the ninja empire. You know, they're meant to be professionals. Why is the fucking toy robot delivering messages? And then thirdly, when, after this happens, Garfield rings. Yeah. And it's a call <laughs> from the ninja empire guy <laughs> telling him he has three days. <laughs> well, he's like, oh, I just, uh, just come to make sure you got your message. What do you think to the robot? You can keep the robot if you want, hun. You know, it's a token of our appreciation. Yeah, where does the robot go? <laughs> he just keeps it. They have multiple ones because it's someone to Baron. Yeah, they got loads of the fuckers. I just why would they send the robot around and then cause them? So not only do they have his address, they also have his phone number, but it's taken them two years to get to this point. They were they visited the other guy and killed him straight yeah. away. What's so different with Harry? It's white. White, yeah. Um yeah, the time he's got three days to return his piece to the Golden Ninja Warrior. Jaguar delivers a suitcase to two random guys before beating them up and telling one of them and, t- and taking one of them home to interrogate. Like, 
What is he delivering to them? <laughs> oh, is it her- oh, is it heroin, isn't it? Is it? Oh, no. No, it's not. No, I just put Jaguar No, fights. someone has heroin at some Jaguar point. Jaguar fights more men for no apparent reason. Like... Uh, I did say cute new jacket and sky blue polo neck, though. <laughs> uh, oh, the guys had a suitcase with heroin in. Okay. Jaguar interrogates one of them, wanted to know who he was dealing for. See... He... But why? What's that but to do with the film? Yeah. But who he was dealing for was Victor and Tiger. <laughs> And seemingly barren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, despite Baron and Harry now having an uneasy alliance, Tiger Chan has his right-hand man, Victor Lee, kidnap Machaka, Machiko um, at a boring-looking birthday party <laughs> in hopes that she will lead them to the Golden Dragon Warrior's body. Okay. Her birthday party. What a sad life she must have. Okay, so this... Do you think... <laughs> Now, I'm also really confused by this scene. So, do you think in the original film she is kidnapped twice? Once when her brother is killed and once at her birthday party? Maybe. Because we cut to Michiko's birthday party. Jaguar arrives and she seems okay with him now yeah. for some reason. They've had no interaction since the uneasy one earlier. Maybe this is the end of the film in the original and it's a big twist that she's kidnapped again. Because oh. it is kind of like a end of the film scene. Like, she's all happy. It's all, everything's all solved now. She's friends with uh, Jaguar. Maybe, yeah. Maybe there's a funny scene tacked on to the end of it. Or, um, I'm not sure. Um, literally what happens is the lights go out. And then go on again. And she's disappeared. Yeah. So, if it was... And this is the question for the original film in this one. If it was that easy... To kidnap her, why did they not just kill Jaguar whilst they were there? Yeah. But then what's even fucking weirder is straight after this, Jaguar goes home looking happy and finds <laughs> the guy. Plays as well, he it? finds the guy he was interrogating all tied up and gagged in his wardrobe and he's treated like a big reveal. Yeah. Like, no, we know he's there. Why is he happy? He's. Machika's just been kidnapped. Why is he not yeah. looking for her? He's having a great time. <laughs> oh, then, then we cut to probably the most ridiculous tangent of the film. <laughs> Harry's wife at work, who has opened a, a Cosmopolitan magazine. Do you think she works for Mode? Like her lovely assistant. <laughs> and her assistant... Is talking shit about swimsuits. Have you got it down exactly what she says? Um, so I've got here, yeah, her colleague Polly, they're at a fashion company. I'm assuming it's her assistant. But they're discussing how the market is changing and how they need to be prepared for it next year because all their orders are going so fast. Um, And then (laughs) Polly goes, Oh, look, our designers are creating multi purpose swimsuits. This has already been published in the magazine, by the way. Why is she not already aware of this? And, and then, but then Harry's wife's like, "Ah, oh, very good idea, but we should put stress on indoor and outdoor use." And then they're like, "Oh, this will be these swimsuits will be very good for uh, aerobics use and sports, bitch." How do you not know about this already? This has been published, and also. Looking at the pictures as well, they wouldn't be very supportive no. for aerobics. 
Like they're really skimpy swimsuits and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, these are for uh, multi-purpose uses. Well, no, you can't go for a fancy dinner dress like that, can you? <laughs> and then Polly shows her uh, designs that have been drawn out and and sort of, uh, you know, you know how it is with uh, fashion designs. And uh, she go. And what is Harry's wife's name, by the way? Is she ever? Given She's never a given a name. She's Harry's wife. <laughs> um. She says, "Hmm, very interesting." But <laughs> But I think the pants should be in pink. Now, I'll tell you right here, right now, those pants should not be in pink. They were perfectly fine blue. I also don't know, but I kept going, hmm, hmm, hmm. So it was like, literally there's, hmm. a, there's one part where, they, where Harry's wife goes, hmm, and Polly goes, hmm, right back at her for no fucking reason. Um, they talk shit for a while and Harry interrupts to tell him to tell his wife that she needs to eat because it's very important that she eats. Yeah, and she has they... a meeting prepared for that evening, but Harry appears and uh, tells her that she needs to cancel because he's taking her out for dinner. <laughs> he says it's very and, like, important. She I was going to say, like eats. the supportive husband that he is. Yeah, but he makes it clear it's important that she eats. Yeah. Um, so they leave Polly to do the rest of the work on her own. Because yeah. it's obviously not important for her to eat, is Polly, it? Polly doesn't deserve to eat. <laughs> and they go outside and Harry's car has been vandalised. So, of course, the natural reaction from uh, his wife is, Hey, look at the window! Like, why are you so happy? <laughs> it's been, it's the, the weird thing is, it's been vandalised. But it's, like, been sprayed with fake snow. Yeah. Like, a can of, a can of snow that you use on your windows at Christmas. And then underneath that, not, like, scratched onto the glass, but, like, written in <laughs> green crayon, it says, two days left. <laughs> and that's it. And Harry's was like, oh, what does that mean? He's like, nothing, just go and eat. I know, yeah. <laughs> Baron is cutting up and eating a watermelon. Um... When he is also threatened... What's the obsession with watermelon? I know. He's also threatened by the toy robot from the Empire, um, which has the same message for him as well. Now, I don't know who plays Baron, but I would just like to congratulate him on actually looking surprised <laughs> when this random robot appears and starts talking to him. Jaguar offers to make a stuff trade. He wants to trade stuff uh, with Victor after a long phone conversation with Machiko. Um... Okay, how did he have their number, by the way? I know, yeah. How has everyone yeah. got each other's number and there's, knows where they live? There's a, another short training montage of Harry. Um, and then during the stuff trade at the nightclub where everyone is slaying the house down, by the way, when they're dancing. They kind of are, but it's very empty. Yeah. Like, these poor women, they're putting on a fabulous show and there's about six people there. <laughs> yeah. And they all start... There. I mean, they're having a great time on the dance floor, though. Um... But Jaguar, Jaguar is captured and... Uh, <laughs> well, Lily sets him up, doesn't yeah. she? And when he's taken to the evil lair, um, the wardrobe guy is there and he's now a Cockney, even he, though he wasn't before. He wasn't before. He now has a Cockney accent. He's like, okay, bastard. Remember when you locked me in the wardrobe for two days? Who let him out? I know. <laughs> I mean, Jaguar never actually got the information he wanted. No. So who, who, or, well, actually he probably did, which is why Jaguar knows not only their phone number, <laughs> but also their address. And actually, 
which is kind of weird, let him go instead of calling yeah. the police? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Lily and Victor confess their love for each other before a really bizarre and very long sex scene with some terrible music. Um, we get bits of shadow sex and then in a very bizarre series of events, Victor looks like he's about to go down on Lily. Um, I mean, she is fucking getting it in this film. Um, he's about to go down on her, but then he's on his knees and it looks like he's on his knees in front of the bed. He starts humping. Yeah. Where's his cock? <laughs> is he humping the bottom of the bed? He's f- it is. I, he's I fully don't, dressed. He's fully dressed. I don't understand what's going on. Has he ever had sex before? <laughs> he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, it is so bizarre. It's very strange. <laughs> um, I think that's the moment where she realised maybe she should go back to Jaguar and get some more 69. Also, can we just, before that part, Jaguar and uh, Michiko tell each other how much they've missed each other? <laughs> Even though they barely know each other? <laughs> um, the goons are about to kill Jaguar um, when he asks for a cigarette for his last wish. Um, the wardrobe guy talks about lung cancer with him for a bit um, before passing him one of his own, one of Jaguar's own brand cigarettes. The wardrobe guy smokes one first and somehow it kills him? I have absolutely no idea how that happened. Um, allowing Jaguar to escape and beat up more random guys. I'm assuming they did some sort of James Bond style... So what's probably been cut is a clip earlier yeah. of the the Korean Q yeah. <laughs> essentially saying, oh, this cigarette will kill a guy if you smoke, you know? Tiger's fuming with Victor for losing Jaguar, but gives him one last mission because he's a good man. Yeah. Harry... Is that when he threatens to cut his uh, finger off and then he has like a flashback to his finger getting cut <laughs> yeah. off? Yeah. Why this film's an 18, I have absolutely no idea, <laughs> by the way. The, f- the fake the fake cutting off of the finger looks very fake. Yeah. Harry has sent a videotape from Victor with footage of Machiko being tortured and delivered by a robot. Deli- Again, yeah. another fucking robot. His wife seems so excited by it as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah she's, she's being tortured and interrogated. Um, to convince Harry to provide the pieces of the Golden Ninja Warrior. Harry looks more bored than he's done the entire film whilst watching it. So he calls Jaguar and tells him that Machiko has been kidnapped. Yeah, a fucking while back. Jaguar's like, okay. Okay. He's like, okay. But uh, how he should have been is like, bitch, what the fuck do you think I've just been doing for the God? <laughs> That's God knows how long. <laughs> um, he, he tells him she's been kidnapped. And he says, kidnap Lily and then we'll get her back. Um, yeah, the editor, this is the point where he probably should have lost his job. Yeah. Because this is miles away from where it should have been. Yeah. This is so, this is so off. Um, it just, it makes no sense. I mean, we've just had a whole thing of... You know, and it also like Jaguar escapes, but doesn't help. He doesn't Machi- save Machiko. He leaves her there. Save Machiko. He leaves her there. So what was the point of that scene? 
Number one. He never gives a shit about her being kidnapped because then like he gets home and he's just there relaxing after yeah. he gets kidnapped. And like, oh, what's, what's up, up, dude? <laughs> also, also, this explains why earlier in the film, Machiko has bruises all over her face. Yes. Um, because she's obviously been beaten up in yeah. this videotape. It was, did you think it's an actual... So, in the original film, do you think it was a videotape or have they done some sort of thing to I make think it I, I look think, like a videotape? Yeah, I think you get to see the torture scene in the original one and yeah. it just made it look like it's on a videotape. Fuck's sake. We get another Harry training montage, but this one's a little longer and includes footage from all the other montages, including Baron's um, fire bit that he did. Yeah, lovely. Jaguar puts on a wig, a fake moustache, and sunglasses, and kidnaps Lily in a taxi. So, the problem is, so, Jaguar spies on Lily and her chaperone in a shop. They flag down a taxi, and the driver is Jaguar in a bad wig and (laughs) moustache. Like, how has he managed to commandeer a taxi, (laughs) put on a wig and moustache... And pick them up when he was in the same shop as them. It is such a fucking stupid cartoon <laughs> way of doing things. Um, but yeah, he beats up the guy she's with. Um, this and... makes me think that the original film weren't that great either. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, oh yeah, you just want to have a bit of 69 again, don't you? He's like, no, thing. I'm using you to get Machiko back. But that's the thing. Like... He kind of kidnaps her, but she seems quite happy about it. Yeah. And quite happy at the idea that it may include having to go to bed with him. Yeah. Well, of course, because fucking Victor didn't even know how to have sex. Yeah, well, I suppose the disappointment of a a clothed humping is... uh... It wasn't even humping her, it was humping the bed. (laughs) Victor, he's fuming to find out Jaguar's kidnapped Lily, so they have an angry exchange on the phone. Um, Tiger has a bomb delivered to him and Victor gives Machiko a, he, okay he puts a scarf and sunglasses on Machiko for disguise yeah. and it is definitely Machiko right so they meet up with Lillian supposedly Machiko and uh, Victor says a deal's a deal you bastard um, but then when he gives Machiko over it's the fucking wardrobe guy in the same disguise that they were putting on Machiko. Yeah, so with the sunglasses and the headscarf. Yeah. But also... Why would they put it on Machiko if they weren't even going to take it anywhere? Also the same blouse and trousers. Yes. Yeah. Like, did they have a spare blouse somewhere? That wasn't what she was wearing when she was at her birthday party, was it? No. No. When she was kidnapped. So they had... Did Lily lend her a top and... <laughs> <laughs> And she had a spare pair for the but guy. But why were they? Why were they putting a disguise on her? Exactly. When she was tied up. Exactly. When she wasn't going anywhere. Exactly. That that was literally done to fool the the viewer. Yeah. That is so stupid. Again, I don't. I don't think the original film was that great. Either. Um. So yeah, wardrobe guy gets out of his drag, and uh, Victor reveals that Machiko is tied to a bomb. So Jaguar kicks a rock at his hand and knocks the detonator out of his hand. Uh, fights a bunch of goons again. Yeah. So, um, it's established here, and it was established in a scene earlier as well, when uh, Tiger was being... Or was it Yam- Yamato? 
yeah, was being whatever. shown a bomb by a professor, and the bomb is triggered via a detonator. Mm-hmm. So we get that the detonator's knocked out of his hand. Jaguar then races to save Machiko at the unattended headquarters. Very easy for him to get to her for some reason. Uh, we then get a weird stop and start slow motion as he tries to save Machiko just before the timer runs out. But yeah. it was established that it was a detonator and not timed. But again, he remembers the evil lair off the top of his head. Exactly. Like he knows how to get there. Knows how um, to get there. It's unatt- completely unattended. But yeah, it, it looks like the DV- it looked like the DVD was broke because yeah. it kept, the way it kept pausing and yeah. started for dramatic effect. But then he kind of gets it, and it's not established if he actually saves her or not. No. Um. And that's. It's like the last we see of Machiko. It is. We see of Machiko. So it's kind of a cliffhanger. Yeah. But it's not because they don't treat it like a cliffhanger. No. Because then we then cut to Harry's wife, (laughs) who closes the glass doors to find "Challenge at Devil's Rock" (laughs) written on them. (laughs) This is the first we've heard of Devil's Rock. Yeah. Um, who the challenge is from. Who knows? <laughs> it's not given a time and place. No. Um, and there's kind of a weird Halloween sticky... Skulls. Yeah. Skulls. Um, like something you'd buy from Poundland and stick on your windows. Yeah. But this must mean something to Harry because he now has a shirtless samurai training montage surrounded by candles. Surrounded by candles. Baron attempts a montage but is interrupted. <laughs> By a videotape from Yamato. Now, in order to watch this videotape, <laughs> he seemingly has to take his top he off. He takes his shop to watch the video. For some reason. Yamato. Um, tape? Yeah, what? Yeah, so there's a woman killing herself. Um, yeah, so it shows a female ninja performing harakiri. Yeah. Followed by some fighting... And the voiceover explaining that the golden ninja warrior needs returning and that he is the ninja terminator. <laughs> Which very, very says very quickly. Now, Wikipedia says that this was Yamato suggesting that Baron should kill himself to restore his honour. That's not said once in the video. Oh, no. Someone is... <laughs> that's ridiculous. You're giving him too much credit there. I feel like the tape is probably from another... I think so. Um, oh, hang on, I keep Gof- Godfrey, Godfrey, Godfrey Ho, yeah. Uh, film. It's just funny that obviously the the last line of the videotape is meant to be the big line of the film. Yeah. Like, I am Ninja Terminator, but it's just like, oh, I, uh, I'm Ninja Terminator, and he says it so fast that like, he just forgot to say it and just quickly said it last the minute. The problem is, if they made a big deal of it, they'd have to actually explain what Ninja Terminator <laughs> means. Yamato is certainly not a Ninja Terminator. No. He <laughs> kills one fucking ninja. And it wasn't even him. Barely in the fucking <laughs> film. Um, once Machiko is safe, Jaguar fights Tiger Chan, who dramatically removes his wig. Uh, snatches his own the, wig the, in preparation for a fight. The white pantsuit also disappears. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> and... 
Jaguar defeats him uh, after flicking a dice in his eye and tricking him into falling onto quicksand. However, it's very selective quicksand. Yeah. That only lets Tiger sink halfway down to get trapped, um, but it allows for Jaguar to walk along it as much as he wants, and he delivers one last punch. And it's just a normal beach. It's just a normal beach. I don't... They fight on it for ages before it turns into quicksand. It kept focusing on Tiger's shoes... As if, yeah. probably in the original film, something had been done to his shoes <laughs> to make him sink in the sand. Because it's just a normal beach. There yeah. should be quicksand. It's a public beach, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I did think this was probably the best fight of probably, yeah. the film. Because it was more evenly matched. It was proper choreographed and um, it did something a little different. Um, Baron and Harry, uh, but yeah, that's the last, the last you see of Jaguar. That's the, the last you see of Jaguar. Um, Baron and Harry bring their pieces of the statue to a meeting place where Yamato arrives with the statue's body. Harry and Baron then take turns attacking Yamato. Uh, Baron is killed, but Harry then has Yamato at his mercy. Despite Yamato's pleas that his defeat means he cannot return to the Empire and he would rather die an honourable death. Harry ignores him and unites the pieces of the statue. As Harry achieves its its power, Yamato seems to blow himself up through force of will. I think. I mean, it's hard to tell because the film just randomly fucking ends with no credits or anything. No. It just ends. Just at the end. It doesn't even say the end. It just ends. It just cuts off to the menu, the DVD menu. Also, <laughs> I'm like, my question is, Harry and Baron... Yeah. In the fight sequences, they very... It's very clear that they're trying to hide their faces. Yeah. And when you get a glimpse of their faces, when the actual choreographed fighting is going on, it's very clear when you get a glimpse of their faces, or, or you know, um, part of their faces, because they're mm-hmm. in, in their ninja attire, it's very clear that they are not the actors. And yeah. also not white. Um, why, why did they not just get, you know, Asian actors I know. to do the role? They clearly did they assumed, Yamato. Yeah, because they assumed that um, the American audience wouldn't want to see non-American heroes. Oh, so fucking stupid. They're not even American. Everyone's got a fucking English accent, for fuck's sake. <laughs> So that's Ninja Terminator. That is Ninja Terminator. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. It is an ultimate trash to piece. Head scratchingly incoherent, but entertaining as fuck. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely falls into the category of films that, uh, you know, it's films like this that are the reason we started this podcast. So much fun to discuss. Uh, so much fun to watch as well. It's just an absolute blast. Just don't expect to know what's going on. Just don't, don't. Just just watch it and f- just yeah. feel it. You might as well start this podcast at the same time to try and help you get through it because <laughs> you're not going to understand what's going on otherwise. Just have a couple of beers beforehand. It might help, I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just enjoy watching it. It's uh, it's that kind of crazy 
weirdo Asian cinema that we kind of enjoy. Well, we like all facets of Asian cinema, um, but it's that weird side of it yeah. that's just so much fun to watch for just a, a, a simple viewing. Don't don't try and do a podcast on it because <laughs> it'll give you a headache. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a certified trash to piece by us and it's available on YouTube in full if you want to watch it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> probably better quality than DVD. Probably, right? probably. Uh, let us know on social media what you think to Ninja Terminator. We're Horrorcourt Trash over on Facebook and Instagram and Horrorcourt Trash on Twitter. I'm Delac Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I am Chris Barker 83 on Letterboxd, Twitter and... Instagram. If you Why do I fuck that up so often? I know, you got the easier one. If you are not listening to this through a Gar- a Garfield phone from the eighties uh, and you're using modern technology, then rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. If like you know where follow we can get a Garfield yeah, please let us know. phone, please let us know. Um yeah, and we are getting closer to our Howraiser screening yes. at Chapeltown Pitch House in Manchester. Uh, tickets are available from the links in all of our bios on social media on Eventbrite. Uh, yeah, come along, have some drinks, watch Julia slay the house down on big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the 30th of September, 7 o'clock and £7.50 a ticket. Next week, we are bringing back uh, Santa Carla and Vampires and Corey Feldman... For the Lost Boys sequels, the Lost Boys the Tribe and the Lost Boys the First. Yay. Prepare for surfing vampires, raving vampires. Have you seen these? I have seen them. Ooh. That's how I know. That's what, that's what I'm giving you the warning. Skateboarding vampires. It wants to be modern as fuck. And we won't tell you how it ends up because that's a spoiler alert. I don't know. But if I've you, if you want them. to watch them beforehand, feel free to do so. <laughs> So yes, we'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye.